Hello, everyone. We are back from Alabama. Frank, what'd you think of the old whitetail hunting trip? I had fun, man. I liked it. I never tree stand hunted before, and it was completely different than anything I've ever done, but it was also a lot of fun. Yeah, we uh, we were gone for a week. We went down with our good friend Brian Broderick. He owns uh, Lost Arrow Films, and uh, same place I went last year for, uh, of course, we weren't crushing the doe population last year. We were actually trying to shoot a buck, Even, although I did shoot a couple does last year. Um, but uh, Brian had a biologist take a look at his land, I guess, and they said they needed to take out um, several does uh, out of the population. And so Frank and I volunteered with both arms and uh, ended up shooting a doe a day. Uh, and I guess down there you can shoot a doe a day and three bucks total um, is what it sounded like. So, yeah, it was it was an interesting uh, it was an interesting trip. Frank, what uh, what do you think you learned most about the deep south alabama whitetail <laughs> they're they are freaking cagey little animals man they can it's kind of weird i i don't know if this is like this everywhere but if you're sitting in a on a field or something in the evening or you're sitting on a like a travel corridor in the morning they are constantly looking up in the trees um and it just must be that you know they're mainly hunted from tree stands down there in, in alabama and they they know to look up and they know when when they're likely to be in danger and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't moving at all and they would look, they would look right at you. Like they, they knew something was in the tree. They couldn't just, they couldn't, you know, they didn't know exactly what it was, but they were looking, they were looking for, for people in the trees. Yeah. They definitely get uh, a little sketchy. Um, we, uh, you know, it's not, I've, I've hunted whitetail and I don't know, several different States and, and, uh, you know, some out of a ground blind, mostly out of a tree stand. Those are definitely the sketchiest deer I've hunted. Um, but it's, you know, I had some guys ask me for advice about whitetail hunting. I, I've i killed a bunch of whitetails, but it's not like, uh, I mean, I just went and sat in the tree that somebody told me to sit in. It's not like I'm a whitetail hunting expert. I mean, in this case, Brian already had everything set up. We did use uh, climbers a little bit and uh, some uh, lone wolf, the tree tree sticks and uh or climbing sticks and the uh, lone wolf hang-ons as well as lone wolf climbers and then he had some ladder stands up and and uh he rotates um you know areas every day so you know you don't ever hunt the same place twice in a row which is probably a good idea as, as cagey as those things are uh what uh i so for me i brought down the uh, i had three of the solid iron whale broadheads and then i had uh some kill zones and a couple dead meats um g5s the the main priority we wanted to shoot uh those uh solid iron will broadheads just because uh we wanted to, you know noise wise we want to see how quiet they were and i i had good luck. i shot two deer with one and then i shot another deer with another one and then i have a third one i haven't used yet so one of them uh well i have two practice heads now because both of those <laughs> went into they went into rocks i mean i could resharpen them but um those are my practice heads now but you shot one or two deer with them i shot a couple with the iron will and then one with the schwacker or two with the schwacker whatever <clears throat> it was um yeah this was a i think this was a perfect test for those on on how quiet they were to see you know because those those deer they can hear a freaking flea fart <laughs> yeah, exactly and they're gone so they worked out well i was super impressed with them they 
they maintain their accuracy like they were, you know, previously when they were vented and they are extremely quiet now. So I'm, I'm happy with them. I look forward to, to using them this season for sure. Yeah. I shot one doe at, uh, man, how far most of the shots were super close. Um, Oh, you know what? I know what it was. That one broadhead I actually missed. Um, I didn't shoot two does with the one I shot and skimmed hair off the one underneath it. And, uh, that one I reshot, shot another doe with it. Um, but I shot one at like 43 yards, which is about as, as far as I want to shoot any deer down there. And, uh, and I hit it high, but I, I didn't hit it any higher than any of the other deer I hit high. <laughs> Cause they tend to drop a bit. You got to aim low. Holy shit balls. Uh, and so, yeah, I was, I was super impressed with them. Um, I liked them. And then I shot, I shot my a prime synergy, uh, with more poundage than I needed. I think it was at 82. And then, uh, I was shooting, uh, 260 axis, uh, arrows. And then, uh, I think, I know I have aluminum inserts in those. I don't have the 50 grain brass inserts. And then what were you shooting, Frank? I took my synergy hybrid, 70 pound, um, FMJ injections with uh, 125 tips. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, it was pretty pretty cool. We we piled them up and took them to what was it? PLP the PLP uh, meat processors. Yeah, it's uh, what the hell's the name of it? Pine level processors. Pine level processors. That's where we went. I guess that's where Kid Rock and Bozephus goes. Uh, and <laughs> Hank Williams Jr. Um. And had a bunch of uh, salami with pepper jack cheese inside and bacon wrapped back straps. Although some of the back straps will not be at full length because they were hit with a broadhead because those deer duck. Spinal. Yes, spinal. Um, how how was it? How were your nerves hunting out of a tree? Oh man, I'm a poon when it comes to heights. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the ladder stands. The ladder stands are fine. You know, you got you got the the ladder, of course, which is easy to climb up, and then you kind of have the whatever the bar you, thing, the bar that comes across, so you feel pretty pretty confident. But the first time I got up in the tree, I've never hunted from a tree stand, and uh, first time I got up in that tree stand, I'm like, good lord! I think you took a picture of me. I was flipping you off because I was like, what? The? <laughs> it was a it was a lone wolf hang on, which doesn't have a lot of square footage. Yeah, and I was trying to figure out how I'm going to stand up or s- draw my bow sitting down without falling out of the flipping tree, but. Um, I ended up using a harness anyway, which was, which everyone should use a harness, by the way. Yeah, it's a it's definitely a good idea because that that first stand, that thing was up there a ways, and it was kind of on a hill. So if, had I fallen out, it would have been a pretty good drop. So the one you asked about the harness, and I was like, dude, <laughs> you won't even end up brain dead if you fall out of that one because it was only like 10, 12 feet high. Even though you, I, that was bad advice, I should never have told him that. But it was funny because <laughs> it was. I think I could have jumped up and. Did some pull-ups on it. And then you had a white-eared devil come in that day, didn't you? Yeah, the last day we had one of them piebald or whatever you want to call them uh, deer come in. It kind of had a white, the top of his head was white, and or it was a doe and white ears and stuff like that. And I was trying to figure, it was, the stand was set up perfectly if you were left-handed because you could draw and you could shoot towards the field. Well, tell, now tell the whole story. The first tree got nixed quick because it was covered fucking poison ivy. Yeah, we were going to set up in a, in a a better tree. It just it was covered in ivy, and we were like, fuck, man, we can't set up here. So um, we ended up setting it up in a different tree, and it just it wasn't the best tree to set up in, but you know we were going to make it work anyway. And right before dark, that deer came in, and 
I was trying to figure out how to draw. I, I started to draw back, and I nicked a, the tiniest little twig, and she was gone. But, um, yeah, I think that's, for me at least, I'd come from just, you know, regular Western hunting and stuff, trying figuring out how to draw your bow in a tree stand with minimal minimal movement and, you know, not, no sudden movements. That was interesting for me. Um, and then kind of positioning your body ahead of time, kind of thinking where they might come in from because they, they can see everything they they know to look up and they're, they're on edge all the time. So just trying to time when you're going to draw back is, was something that was, was kind of humbling. Something you don't really think about until you're actually there. Yeah, no. And I've hunted, um, whitetails in other States that they're not that skittish. Um, it, it's crazy. Like, you know, cause I've gotten to the point down there that I'm the second time I've hunted, but I make sure everything is clear free i mean i even i had bark getting caught up on my jacket uh from that tree we were sitting in and i like tried to clear off all the bark because it's so there was no wind a lot of the days we hunted and so like i'd have my hand in my pocket around a hand warmer and just pulling my pocket out with the deer 100 yards away 75 yards away they would look up um and i i Again, I've gotten used to certain the do's and don'ts of tree stand hunting. I still move way too damn much. Um, those of you, sorry, had to get a drink, for, that have watched The Wolf of Wall Street, where he's like, I drove home <laughs> as slow and as careful as I possibly could. Well, in my mind, I'm probably being as quiet as I possibly could, but not quite as quiet as I, as I may need to be. But... There's one thing I've, I've noticed is like, I, I can't keep my hands exposed and I have ADD. I can't keep the bow in my hand all the time. So I keep it ready to where in hopes I spot the deer when it's heads down, uh, hopefully away, I'll grab the bow or at least get my hand on the riser. Um, no movement. I'll bring it to me. And, and anytime the deer looks up, I halt and I stop usually 15, 20 seconds. They'll look, they'll go back to feeding. I give it another 15 to 30 seconds or more. I bring it over. And I'll hook my release on and I keep um, my, my cam. I'm right-handed in my left, I guess that would be leg pit between the twig and berries and the leg. I rest it there. And then when they come in uh, to range, I already pre-range everything. I really just bring my bow up the few inches. I wait to see if there's movement and I start that draw and I start, I go super slow when I draw, which Thank God I'm strong. Um, I probably should bring a lower poundage bow down there because um, drawing an inch by inch an 80 pound bow back, even even that one that Synergy's got a smooth draw cycle, um, can be an epic pain in the in the butt. I'm actually looking at the photo right now of you flipping me off in that tree. Um, yeah, that's a lone wolf. That's a that's a lock on or a hang on. Um, and then you've got a prototype pack. Hey, you look good, Frank. You look good. <laughs> I'm probably a lot fatter now than we're back because we ate a shitload of cookies. We ate a lot of food we probably shouldn't have. Um, and a lot of unhealthy food we probably shouldn't have. Um, I'm watching here. You Oh, look at that. There's your dough. You did shoot. Uh, Broderick calls them nags. Um, you shot a big old dough. Uh, that one, you, you, you shot... Um, that one in the chest that one night. Um, and again, it wasn't like we couldn't shoot more than one a day. It's just, you're only supposed to shoot one a day. So, but you can still sit there and keep hunting cause you can shoot a buck. Although we're coming back in February, but you shot that on a frontal, didn't you? With an iron will. Yeah. Uh, she was 
she was facing towards me. She had a little, uh, she had another smaller doe with her and a fawn with that doe. And, um, they just so happened that the other two deer were kind of behind some, a branch from me. And then that doe was kind of, she was licking her, her something on her back or she, she had her head facing away. So perfect frontal shot. It was only like 25, 30 yards. Um, and she, I mean, she might've dropped a little bit, but it was a perfect shot. And she, that one actually ran a lot further than I thought it would on that kind of shot. But, um, there was a ton of blood and we didn't have any, we didn't have any trouble finding her. That's for sure. Looking at it, what it looked like is you missed the, the heart, but went through the, you know, the lungs are skinny as hell going in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I probably went, I would guess a hundred yards. I don't know. It's always farther in the dark, but it was a pretty cool, uh, ordeal. I mean, <clears throat> coming from like Western hunting, um, even hunting whitetails before, it's a little different down there. I'm not used to the bad boy buggy thing where you, you know, you stay in a really nice place. Broderick's got a super nice place to stay in. Then you hop in the, the bad boy buggy if the battery's not dead and then you drive it around and hop out you know walk to your tree stand you already know where you're gonna sit and then i i mean for for me personally the the biggest thing i had issues with this time is i was sick um and coughing right like i i would hold on as long as i possibly could before i coughed and then you know i'm a photo guy so like that's i mean i literally took all the photos when we were getting ready to get out of the stands now i had one big i'm looking at the photo now with that ladder stand i took kind of an aerial uh fish eye view and and brian doesn't want you to shoot any bucks under four years old four and a half and that morning i'm sitting there and maybe oh 6 30 6 40 like pretty good into i mean very i mean into legal shooting like by a long ways I catch movement from my right side and I'm like, Oh shit, that's a big buck. You're going to die. And, uh, it came in and it kept looking up the hill away from me, which this kind of shit never happens, right? You never get this kind of opportunity. And I was like 33 or 37 yards. I can't remember. And I'm looking at it and, uh, I'm very, even though I like to shoot everything, I'm very respectful as much as I can be of the rules of the you know, the area. And Brian said, you know, don't shoot anything under four and a half. And that buck was definitely a three-year-old buck. So I'm like, and it was a 10 point. Uh, and it had its, let's see, it's G3 was kind of crooked and I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm like, man, I just, I I don't want to screw this up and piss off Brian. So I didn't shoot it. And as luck would have it, uh, 30 minutes later, Brian texted me a photo of that buck on the game camera and said, don't shoot this deer asshole. (laughs) And, uh, and I thank God I hadn't. Um, although I did shoot, I would say I called it a dawn, but it it was a fawn. I shot a young, young doe, um, that, uh, that morning. And I had, you know, several opportunities, at deer coming into that specific spot. And it was just an amazing area with just the way that photo I took kind of explains it all. Um, you know, you could hear them, you come in, but I had bad wind. They would get, you know, where they kind of hook into around me. Um, and, uh, I just, they just blow out. Um, it's just how it was for the, with that day, but I did have some come at the right angle where I was able to get a shot. Um, so yeah, it was, it was cool. Um, I think now I brought an Ontario, I used an urban zippy that I gave to Brian one day. And then I brought the Ontario, um, for the other, which I, I like that Ontario. I like to open that big panel to pull out my camera and then I can get whatever I need in the pockets on the outside. Um, 
and it worked pretty well for me. You used a, a prototype pack we're not we haven't come out with quite yet. It'll be out I don't know, another couple months, maybe months, um, like an urban ruck, which that worked out pretty good for you, didn't it? Yeah, I like that pack. It has um an attachment for a, a uh, an external belt pouch pocket, uh, a couple of zippered pockets on the outside, so I had easy access to stuff, plenty of room on the inside for my extra clothing and the harness. Um, so yeah, it, it worked out really well. I'm excited about that bag. Actually, it's gonna I think it's gonna be pretty popular just for EDC stuff, and then of course the whitetail stuff. It's it's a pretty solid pack. Yeah, no, it worked out pretty well. Um, I think uh, one of the other things too, probably for for you or whatever with the uh, uh, the whitetail hunting, you wouldn't think it was cold. Your feet got cold, right? Yeah, that was about it. That was about it. I mean, it wasn't too cold, but, um, I think we're, when we go back, I'm going to get some insulated boots, uh, just cause I don't, I don't really have any insulated boots and the Salewas that I'm running, they don't, I don't think they even offer a, a set of insulated boots. So I'm thinking I'm going to get some of those, some of those down South style freaking tall muck boots, muck boots. Yeah. Insulated ones. So you don't have to worry about your feet getting wet or anything like that. And that's kind of what Brian had like a pimped out set of boots. I don't know what they were, but they look pretty nice. I think those were custom leather ones. Um, it's a different world down there as far as like, it's muddy as shit. Um, super muddy. And, uh, you know, you're not like having to walk a, a super long, you know, ways anywhere. Um, everything is covered in poison ivy and including Frank and I, um, or poison oak. But, uh, when we go back in February, that's the rut. The rut there is it's kind of a unique spot in Alabama where the rut kicks in late where <clears throat> I'm not saying I won't shoot a doe, um, <laughs> cause I will, but I, uh, you know, you're definitely, you know, working on trying to shoot a, a buck. And I, I would say down there, um, you know, 130, 135 plus is a pretty damn good deer. Brian's got some big ones on the wall. Brian's killed some, some big bucks in that area. Um, but you know, anything, his big, you know, four and a half or older is, is what he's wanting you to, to shoot. I'm looking at those form fitting, uh, overalls you got. Good Lord. Uh, I'm glad I didn't try to wear those. Um, cause I don't think they'd fit. Oh, they were some nut huggers for sure. Um, yeah. I saw you trying to climb in the tree and the, the first step was up a little higher than normal. And I thought, uh, you were going to blow uh, out a seam. Twig and berries might pop out. <laughs> You're hoping. <laughs> whatever oh geez yeah so uh <clears throat> dang yeah that's a it's a cool area though brian definitely uh has put in a ton of work to you know make some awesome whitetail habitat he spends a ton of ton of time there in the summer planting crops and um just does his homework has a ton of trail cameras up positions the stands in ideal ideal spots and it was awesome. I can't thank him enough for inviting me out, and you invited me out as well since you went last year. But it was, and it was a great time. Yeah. They, now he's got some a, a little, some pigs on that land uh, and turkeys. That's where I, I actually missed a turkey down there this this in, in the spring of seventeen. Um, I had turkeys come in, and then I texted, and so it's like, hey, is it legal? To sh- is the turkey season open? And he said no, but then he checked, and it had opened back up by by that time they had kind of boogered back into the wood line, um, you know, where they come out of, it was like, I think there were six or seven big toms that came out. Um, but, uh, but it was cool. It's a different way of living down there in general. Um, you know, we went to the processing plant, the one dude, Frank couldn't hardly understand them. It was like the homo's naked guy on, uh, (laughs) um, I, I couldn't really understand. I mean, you could more or less, he could be understood, but you definitely had to focus and pay attention. Um, now the Wade, the other guy, 
who was super cool. He's the one I dealt with. He, it wasn't any problem. But the other guy that came out, it definitely was um, uh, you needed to pay attention. But the, I talk too fast. Um, so I'm talking 100 miles an hour to Wade. And I'm, I'm, he's wanting me to repeat myself because I'm talking too much. So it, it was kind of funny where Brian's kind of in the happy medium. He's super calm and mellow. But um, he uh, he definitely he goes, I was going to get you all some of them kombuchas. <laughs> but couldn't find any or something because I had him try kombucha when he was at the house. He came up for a scouting trip, swung by the house, and I gave him one. He took a drink of it, and that shit went back on the table. He he wasn't having none of the kombucha. Um, what did we have for – we had Italian pork chops one night. We had pot roast. Pot roast, enchiladas. Enchiladas. I won't shit right where for a week after eating those enchiladas. Um, <laughs> there was like eight pounds of cheese in each one. They were good, though. Yeah, the food was awesome. He stocked up on – Oh God, cookies! And every morning we had when we came back from from the morning hunt, we had uh, eggs and biscuits and gravy and all kinds of stuff. So it was it was not a good week for the diet. No, it was not a good week for the diet. Um, I'm reading through. I had a few questions on the hunt that I think I'm capable of asking. Um, had a lot of questions on the iron wheels, and yeah, they definitely got the green light. I, I like those solid uh, iron wheels. I was super impressed with them uh aaron do you wear a tree stand i got that or a tree harness uh, or a safety harness um i have to say i'm not the best in the world at wearing a harness um i do wear it when i'm in a, a lock on or a, a climber uh i don't wear one when i'm in a ladder stand uh with the bar in front of me although i probably should i've, I've actually gotten a lot of shit over the course of the years whenever i've had a photo because i don't wear one as as much as i as i probably should but i did pony up last year and got a good one and i will i will wear one again when i'm in a lock on or a, or a climber um and uh got guy asked too what how we like the lone wolves i've used lone wolves forever even when i lived up in washington hunting blacktails uh when i hunted in wisconsin and uh in Minnesota, I'd always run a lone wolf. I had a sit and climb lone wolf, and then I had a couple alpha lock-ons or alpha hang-ons. Um, I've used the sticks quite a bit, um, the the tree sticks or the climbing sticks. I, I like sticks better than I do steps, mostly because your forearm will – it's not like you're screwing it into an aspen. Some of those wood – that those trees down there are harder than a coffin nail, so it's hard to get a tree step in. And they're quick, man. Yeah, they're super, super quick. Um so yeah, the the lone wolves I really really like. Um, question: Are we going to come out with a whitetail hunting specific pack? Um, we were we were and we may come out with one as as uh, the idea that'll hold a, a tree stand. But we're going to start working on just a day pack, a tree stand uh, whitetail hunting day pack. Uh, we think anyway. Um, you know, a lot of this is going to you know we don't have enough experience to to come out with one. I've got a. Uh, a little bit, but, um, you know, it obviously be something that, 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 uh, I wouldn't, or Frank wouldn't be designing. We might have some input on different parts and pieces of it, but, uh, it's going to be more whitetail hunters that give us advice to, to finalize kind of the day pack design. Um, you know, cause we, that, the, the, the cargo net, cargo panel, a lot of guys will use the woodsman. There's a lot of guys that use a, our framed system to pack in tree stands. The biggest questions I got is just a day pack to hook on the tree or, or have on your back on the way in. Um, and that's kind of what we're looking at focusing on for sure. Um, I say for sure, pretty sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we will be uh, to answer that question. Um, uh, camo in the tree. Um uh, we, we had the, the Sitka 
um, system for, for what we brought down there. Um, I had some Optifade, I had some of the Alpine, um, or subalpine. And then, uh, we also had their elevated, I mean, the elevated does not blend in down there that well. You kind of look like a purple Smurf or a blue Smurf up in the tree. Um, it blends on. Okay. I don't know whether it would make a difference if I was wearing a plaid shirt or, um, camo uh with those deer i think movement is movement and uh i i think if you're moving you're screwed i'm sure it helps some obviously especially with you know whatever they're keep pretty keen on looking up um but i i don't know i don't have enough experience to say that one i mean I've, I've always liked predator camo as far as the the pattern and asat um I don't, the problem with Predator, the, my last experience with it, they didn't make the greatest, uh, didn't have it out of the greatest material or the quality wasn't quite there. So I, I, I do like that pattern though. Um, and I don't know, Frank, I mean, you wore the same crap I did. What do you think? Uh, well, I mean, the clothing was warm, but I wasn't a hundred percent sold on the elevated pattern just for there at least. I mean, I understand the the premise is, you know, a deer's looking up it's kind of looking up at the sky or it's supposed to be like a light color. So it looks like whatever branches and looking up at the light colored sky. But man, I feel like I was not moving at all and they would look right at me and they would stare through they would, soul. <laughs> they would peg me right off the bat. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, this is the first time I ever went whitetail hunting, so I couldn't say for sure. But, um, like we were talking about, I wouldn't mind trying out some like ASAT or some, some predator camo I mean, even like the more dark colored camo, just something that blends in better with the, the, the color of the, of the trees, I guess. So and the backdrop, yeah, the backdrop. Um, but you know, the, the clothing itself, it was very warm and those bibs were a bit form fitting on the old hang down, but, uh, it worked out. So we'll see what, what happens when we go back. Maybe we can try something else. Yeah, for sure. I, um, I don't, uh, it's definitely the warmth factor is definitely there. I wasn't cold at all, but, uh, the blending in, like I'm looking through, I took a shit ton of photos. Um, you know, you, you're kind of, I mean, there's not a lot of areas where it's like you can get a tree stand and have super, um, good cover down there just because of the, the specific trees and where the deer are traveling. So you're kind of hanging out like a buzzard, whether you want to or not a bit. So, yeah. Uh, that makes it a little bit more difficult. I mean, I know, I mean, these deer, like that one came out, I bet that bitch was 75 yards out and I moved my hand to grab my binos cause I was making sure it wasn't a button head. And that was it. That was that. And I mean, we're talking a slow 14 inch, 12 inch movement. And that deer went from feeding to looking at me. I held my arm back and then she started blowing and I'm like, God, just shut up. And she blew and blew and blew. Um, now she ended up coming back, but I was like, good Lordy. And I had good cover. That was when I was in that, that pine tree, I guess. And I had good branches, good back cover, uh, which didn't matter. Um, I mean, those deer, again, they're pretty freaking keen on, on the tree stand movement. It's a, I, I think you can kill a doe down there. You should be able to kill just about anything anywhere. Good Christ. Yeah. They, um, uh, they're definitely cagey little guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited to go back for for the rut. Uh, I did see one buck that he said we we could kill, but I wasn't like 100 percent sure, so I didn't send one. Uh, but from what it sounds like, they they get moving here pretty late, uh, early February, late J January. So that'll be fun to go back and kind of having a, that little that first trip would kind of get you get me a, at least 
get my expe- expectations going on what I can and can't get away with as far as drawing and, and all that stuff. But yeah, drawing your bow in a tree stand while you're sitting, depending on which way you're facing, man, that's, that's, it's not easy to do slowly. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a cool experience. I'm, I'm excited to go back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun when we go down there. Um, had a couple questions on bow noise. Uh, one guy asked, would I prefer for whitetails to shoot a, a faster bow that may be louder and, and definitely not. Um, I think, uh, same thing with whitetails. I don't have the experience. A lot of people have, I'd rather shoot a, a quieter bow with a little bit slower arrow than I would a faster bow with a loud or a faster arrow than a louder bow. Um, you know, the bow I have is pretty set up pretty quiet right now, but I, it wouldn't bother me to throw another 80, 80 grains on that arrow um, and uh, make it even quieter. Uh, I, you know, the quiver thing, like quiver with broadheads in, a lot of times quivers make noise. I, I had the, uh, the G5 one piece on and it's a pretty quiet, uh, you know, quiver, but I know the bow is even louder. I may just take the quiver off the next time. That's what Broderick does, so see what happens um so what do you think what's the number one thing you may change for this next go around down there if brian still invites us back yeah um man i i do like the idea of taking the quiver off just to quiet things up um i think just being patient and uh waiting for the right shot opportunity because if you if you rush it and you know they're they're not completely settled down depending on where you're set up um they're going to spot you and they're going to take off so and I'm definitely going to bring some warmer, warmer boots. Yeah, no, no, for sure. So, well, yeah, well, that's it. And I guess in a nutshell, what happened while we were down there, we had a bunch of people ask, so we figured we better get a podcast out on it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, obviously we'll do another one when we get back from uh, the February trip and uh, say, see, see if we end up shooting a buck or if uh, I just can't control myself and keep whacking those. <laughs> that's a good alternative though. It's fun. Oh, yeah. No, it is for sure. So, all right. Well, thanks for uh, listening, everyone. Uh, again, when we post this up on the uh, KafaroCast Instagram page, if you got any comments or anything like that, make sure and throw them down. Um, it's always nice to hear from guys that live in that neck of the woods, too, uh, you know, as far as their experiences and everything else with hunting in that area. So definitely, definitely chime in. See got you anything? Later. Laters? Later. <laughs>